Welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Mike Allen. As always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell, and today we're going to be taking a look at Spidey Comics from October of 1988. That's right, and we are joined by G.I. Jolie. Yes, you are. That's me, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, woo! Can't hide the excitement, all right, and also Bex Luthor. Some of us just got home from work, and it's a little rough to go from that to being excited. Okay, give me five <laughs> minutes and let the okay. caffeine just Wash blaze over. through me. Exactly. And then <laughs> then, then I'll you. woo girl all you want. I could go get some tequila if you want. <laughs> well, Nobody no, it's not that. that kind of party. <laughs> well, maybe it is. Well, Fine. it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a special party because we have a very special returning guest mm. in the form of Jank McCoy, aka Kevin Jank. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. Yeah, we gotta bust that tequila out in honor of the Spider-Man going to Dallas issue that we'll be talking about <laughs> later on. <laughs> um, so, just just for the listeners out there, you're you're in a different time zone right now. It's six thirty p.m. for us. What time are you in? Uh five thirty or ish. Five thirty. Five forty-five. You're by the time we actually started. From, and where are you calling from us uh, to us again? From uh, the Chicagoland area. Right. Nice. Very cool. G.I. Yeah. Jolie and I used to frequent Chicago for the various comic conventions there. It's a good town. Ah, oh, I've been to many of them. I wonder if I yes. probably passed by you at one of them. I bet oh, you we were the ones carrying 100 <laughs> comics under each arm that we then gave away to people for no good reason. And like, sold. I was going to say, that's carrying 400 of those comics. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also have a great aquarium, which is one of my favorite things. About Chicago. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, very nice. And area, I'm, yeah. I mean, it, everyone can say their favorite thing is Frank Lloyd White writes falling water, but who doesn't <laughs> love fish and sharks? <laughs> I don't even know what the what worst thing about. is, and I love fish and sharks. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely have to plan a return trip one day soon. Yeah. Anyway, but until then, all we got to do is talk about Spidey. Sorry. Um, so next, okay. <laughs> Sorry. So this week we're going to talk about. We're going to start with Web of Spider-Man forty-three, Cult of Love Part Four, and Josh is going to tell us what this one's about. Yeah. Okay. So we're picking up right where we left off last issue. Um, we've a quick summary of everything that's happened so far. Um, Betty Leeds has. Uh, joined a, a cult called the Cult of Love after finding out, like after like the events of uh, uh, Ned Leeds getting killed, and she's on her own. She's kind of like lost it. Um, Spidey and Peter have kind of gone to this facility to check things out to try and save her and bring her back. Uh, while there, he's also looking for Christine Cushing's uh, uh, sister that's been lost for years now who joined the cult and she hasn't seen in years. Um, while there, there was like a fight. This really weird guy that's part of this cult uh, is obsessed with fire and is constantly starting them and actually at one point gets into a fight with Spider-Man with fire. Um, uh the the leader of this cult, uh, known as the Teacher, um, performs these like fake um, healing ceremonies where he'll like rip out tumors or like heal people of their illness. But it's completely fake, and it's just there to kind of like trick these people into staying in their cult. Um, this guy 
finds out the secret identity of Spider-Man and tells Peter, I'm not going to tell anybody. Don't worry. Just leave and be on your way. We don't want any trouble. Um, and then the last thing to happen is uh, Flash Thompson, who is like best friends with, with Betty, um, joins with Ben Urich, the reporter, and this priest who was formerly a member of this cult of love. The three of them team up and they burst into the facility and they kidnap Betty Leeds and they bring her back to Flash's place and tie her up in her ch- in a chair. And that's where we are at the start of this one. <sighs> okay, everybody with me? Yeah. That was just yeah. a <laughs> Yep. That was just before everything happens in this one. Um, essentially, what happens in this one is um the priest is very adamant about um kind of taking betty out of this like hypnosis hypnotic state um so they're like the entire issue they're trying to like reverse brainwash her essentially so they're like almost torturing her into like out of her brainwash um (laughs) all while this is happening uh uh the teacher is looking for uh uh betty and because she's a missing person now uh the guy with fire is like building something we don't really know what's going on we cut back to uh to the apartment and flash and the priest are like shining lights in betty's face and like asking her all these trick questions and she's like completely hypnotized to the point where like she doesn't have any free thoughts of her own they ask her like what her favorite music is and she's like i don't know teacher hasn't told me what my favorite music is yet so like she's completely uh hypnotized uh we cut over to peter and mj's apartment uh aunt may comes over and finds the lewd pictures of mj that she took from the photographer to, to apply to be a lingerie model and she seemingly faints uh, we cut back to Betty and again they're they're all kind of in the room trying to like bring her back and then uh, a bunch of members of the cult of love burst into the apartment to try and uh, uh, take Betty back but um, they're all kind of like outnumbered there's like like dozens of them just against the three people um, uh one of the goons ends up grabbing Flash and holding a knife to his neck to to stop Peter from killing anybody else. Um, so the priest is able to get away, though, and then calls uh, 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 Kate Cushing. So Kate Cushing and Ben Urich now are kind of teaming up and going to this place all while um, the, the, the dude, I, I can't remember his name, Bruce, um, uh he is like finishing his like flamethrower that he's that he's built and he almost gets caught so he hides it under some blankets and it actually catches on fire we cut back to aunt may and um mj and she says something like ah, i was i didn't tell peter about this blah 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 it, i don't know whatever aunt may kind of intimidates mj into getting rid of the photos and she burns them on the stove <laughs> uh we cut back to the cult They've got uh, Flash and Peter tied up and all kind of seems lost when the fire spreads and is now kind of like burning down the building. Uh, Bruce breaks into teacher's office and pulls out a gun from his uh, his desk and he actually uh, tries to stop Peter and Flash from leaving. But Peter's able to kind of like knock him down and knock the gun out of his hand. The house is like completely burning at this point. We see teacher grabs the gun and points it at 
uh, Spider-Man, but he's he kicks it away. He essentially says, oh, well, and do in doing so after uh, uh, he kicks it, it shoots Bruce in the arm and he falls to the ground. Uh, and, and like hurts his ankle. So teacher says, keep going. Don't worry. Get those guys out of here. I'll help Bruce and we'll get out of, get out of here before the burning, uh, the building burns completely down. He looks down to Bruce and he's like, I'm not helping you. Screw you. Bruce is like, no, 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 you have to help me. You have to help me. And he grabs onto his leg. Uh, so the teacher can't leave as the building completely collapses down and is, is burned to burn to ashes so unfortunately bruce and the teacher did not make it out alive um we cut over to um uh the fire department is now showed up to to take control of the fire um everybody has escaped the cult kate cushing is there and she's finally reunited with her um uh, uh her her sister and when her sister turns around, she says, I'm sorry, have we met? And Kate walks away. And it turns out that that was unfortunately the wrong woman. Kate's sister is still missing. So we're kind of left on a little bit of a sad note as Kate walks away and says, here, take my car and help these people out. I'll catch a cab and, and uh, uh, make my way home. And we're left on this uh, uh Great pan, great ending panel, and the last words we see are, uh, "You see, Peter, that's the problem with life. Not everyone gets happy endings." And she walks away crying. See, okay, hold on. I I completely read a different ending to that. I thought that that was oh. her sister, and she was just hypnotized into not knowing, mm. not recognizing Kate. That's how oh, I took it. Oh, interesting. I thought that it was Did a possibility. Else read it that way. Yeah, I think it's yeah. meant to be vague. Because mm. some of the, the like synopsis I was reading for this say that it it wasn't her sister, and some say that it, she just didn't recognize her. So I don't think it's confirmed ever. Mm. Mm. Okay. It does seem like if it was her sister, she would at least give it a shot to try to deprogram her, like they did with Betty, not just okay. I'm gonna leave you alone now. And she does say it wasn't her. Like I know she could be like she wasn't being herself, but. She was just flat out, no, it wasn't her. Yeah, yeah. So, but huh. I, I can see how how it could possibly be. Yeah. I don't know. But I, 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 don't, the- I don't think so, though, because we see how shocked she is when she turns around and it's not her. Yeah. Before she I even says, think- I, we haven't met, right? Here's the Here's thing, the- though. As far sure. as, like, what's a better story i think it's more it's a more dramatic if she came all this way and then her sister doesn't recognize her then if the whole four-part story was all based on oops wrong person because to me that's a weaker ending i think but the four-part story was about betty not her sister it just so happens to be that her sister was also a part of this cult right so i think i think it's better this way because we're kind of left on this bittersweet moment of like Kate still has this pain and is still kind of carrying this around. Not everybody's able to just like burst into a building and save their loved ones. Sometimes they're gone. Okay. Anyone else want to jump in? Yeah, just I I didn't think it was her sister either. Okay. I think well, yeah, I like the, the idea the that it's ambiguous. That's fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like the I'm idea that it's potentially ambiguous. Mm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it could be I mean, read either that's, way. That's the best. I guess that's the best bet is if it's ambiguous, right? Yeah, because mm. I'm looking at the page right now. It's like original 31. And it um, there are things, there are sort of like nuanced glances uh, in the art that her face mm-hmm. kind of projects that she might know or she might be hiding that this is actually her sister she's just pretending or that she might actually not like it be her sister it's it, it goes both ways and we'll never know i like to think right. it could be both right yeah i guess that's the, that's the mm-hmm. best way it leaves us talking about it for longer right mm-hmm. um so julie i know you're a big fan of this did you like this conclusion i actually didn't mind the conclusion it was the for the maybe I don't know if it only made sense because I read the first three issues or the first three parts of the the four part story, but um, when you have to wrap up the different storylines, it it shouldn't take that much effort or be confusing, and it's not. Um, there's not really much that I didn't like about it, although I will say on the other hand, there isn't like anything that stood out and was super awesome except for the ending like even when they're like unbrainwashing betty it was kind of i like how it's visually represented on the pages but that's about it like mm, the mary jane stuff like the whole idea behind the mary jane stuff is that she's doing it because she's mad at peter and then she just burns the photos and the negatives that was a little awkward. Yeah. Yeah, like just because Aunt May said so, I don't think so. I don't I don't feel like that's like a Mary Jane move. Like I feel like those photos are already sent to an agent <laughs> and she just burned copies. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that Aunt well, May knows, you know she's gonna tell her best friend Anna Anna, so Mary Jane doesn't want that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, the interrogation scene, in a way, I didn't, something about it didn't work, and I couldn't tell if it was the art or the writing, or if they didn't mesh, but it seemed, like, too melodramatic, and, because, like, the art was really, like, um, like, the interrogators were in shadow, and then Betty had, like, the bright lights on her, and then, like, the big close-ups of her eyes, but it was a little bit over the top, like, um, mm. you know, what's your favorite color? And all that stuff, and then like you know the the yellow, and I guess it was effective, but it was a little bit over the top. Like, what do you think? She's like violet. I like violet. Okay. Um, I don't know, but I mean, it was well done. It just might have been a little bit over the top. I thought. Yeah, I I think for me, where the reason why it feels weird is because it's like Peter and Flash interrogating her, and not right. like a psychiatrist or something. Like it just feels like something is. It just feels like they're yelling at her and they don't really have like a, a direction that they're going. Um, right. Visually, I think it looks really cool. It looks, yeah, yeah. It, it absolutely is done well. It's very creative. Yeah. I just don't know if it the like, um, with. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, uh, the, the panels of her eyes is, are, are, that's a really great moment. Like it's kind of like flat, um, like uh, horizontal lines. That are kind right. of like framing her face, and then Ash, as everything is happening, it's like, and she's like getting more frazzled. The lines turn into these like sharp triangles that are like 
fractured and pointing everywhere. And then finally, when she gives in, it goes from these like black sharp uh, 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 shapes to like one single smooth, soft blue, like calm thing. And she's kind of has like, you can see the relief in the panel itself. So that's really interesting. And I, it's, it's refreshing to see that in an amazing because, uh, in web, you mean? Uh, in web, sorry. In web, yeah, yeah. yeah because it's um, compared to uh, how like interesting, amazing panels, panels and layouts yeah. have been. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, so I particularly like the art in that scene. Maybe he's taking a page from McFarlane then. Yeah. Um, uh, Jank, are you a fan? Are you familiar with Alex Saviuk? No, not at all. Was he the regular artist or is he just like a foreign oh, really? guy? No, he actually did like Web of Spider-Man for like a hundred issues. Wow. Like starting <laughs> around number 35, he did like almost the whole run until it was canceled. So, and then he did, then he went on to the daily comic strip and some other ones. So yeah, oh, he was, okay. he's been a Spider-Man artist for like years. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Are you a fan of his art? Um, it was okay. It wasn't my favorite. Uh, it was a little bit Sal Buscema at, at times without quite the style. Some of like the close-ups of the faces I thought were really good, um, but then a lot of it was kind of shaky. Um, but like like I said, some of the faces are good. Uh, that shot of Mary Jane was was very good. <laughs> like that one. You in the shower, yep. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there was some good stuff in there. Yeah, like I don't think he's ever trying to be like oh well for lack of a better term like cool or or tough like a jim lee or something but his art definitely is suited to more um kind of like silver agey type stories or you know like he's really good at drawing women like he draws mary jane really well um so he definitely has like a 70s vibe to his art and that's what i really like about him and i think he used to do like supergirl and he did like airwave and green lantern and stuff like that so i think he's perfect for that kind of stuff um what about the script were you a fan of the script uh yeah this honestly was a story i i knew nothing about i had not read the first three parts i didn't i mean i knew that betty had some rough times after ned died but i never knew that she was involved with a cult so that was some some new stuff for me for sure um and yeah i love peter david so again i liked his writing here uh the stuff with aunt may where she just passed out and mary jane was like what's that thud <laughs> like i like yes, that a lot that was funny yeah that was very good and uh you know, we learned a lot in this issue about being cool about fire safety. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and I know you obviously you came in on part four, but um, were you able to kind of follow what was going on? Yeah, more or less. I think I got it all. It was it was pretty easy to follow. Does it make you want to read more issues of Web of Spider Man? <laughs> uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> in as much as anything has ever made me want to read Web of Spider Man. All right, all right. Um, so no. Uh, <laughs> so not really. Um, Josh, did you give your review? Not really, eh? I mean, yeah, kind of. It was, it was a, um, it was a fine issue. I think maybe the weakest of the four parts, but uh, mm. I think as a whole, I really like this story. Um, yeah, the stuff with MJ and Aunt May was definitely the weakest. Like it. It's such a weird subplot, like a weird way to end the subplot. To just burn the photos yeah. after everything. Like it was such a big part of the beginning of the story. Um, point. I like I, I, I like how uh, Spidey doesn't have to like punch the big bad guy 
to, to, to win the day. Like he is his own demise at the end of the day by, by screwing over like the last person he'll ever screw over uh, uh, and change their life. He, you know, now he's done. So I thought that was super satisfying. Um, I'm glad it wasn't like a flamethrower fight because that's what I was super worried about at the beginning of the issue. I was like, oh, great. It's just going to be like Spidey punching, trying to punch the flamethrower guy. But um, no, um, I like that. I love the ending that that it's bittersweet. Um, I like that we're getting like a deeper side of Kate because she was kind of just like a you know, the big bad boss that would like come in and, and do like essentially like a J Jonah Jameson, like replacement while right. he's working on the magazine. So uh, I'm loving seeing this side of her. So there's some, still some great stuff in this one, but uh, I, as its own issue, I think it's a little weird, but I think maybe as a whole, it's, it's like pretty solid ending. Yeah. I got to say, I really do like the way they handled the ending with, with the big bad Mm-hmm. Where he's kind of like, oh, no, no, you go ahead. I'll take care of this. I, it was just such an unusual way to end the story. And I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like he was still using his influence over Spider-Man to kind of manipulate him in a way, right? <laughs> right, yeah. That was, that was just kind of cool. Um, so, Bex Luther, did you have anything else to say? or um, you know? Just two things, really. Um, <laughs> I liked the Mary Jane subplot ending here, actually. Hmm. For me, it felt like... The whole time she was Mary Jane didn't really want to do these sexy photos, and I feel like she just did them out of anger because Peter was pissing her off, and she's just really kind of looking as an excuse to like get rid of them. So I feel like the whole sure. time she's like, Aunt May's like, we would, you wouldn't want to do anything to embarrass Peter, would you? And she's like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to do this. I didn't want to do this to begin with, and like. Just doing it out of spite is not a good reason to do that. So, like, she just tosses them in the fire after Aunt May threatens to punch her, which is great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I do really like how Aunt May just, like, just unlocks the door with the key she's got for emergencies. Just comes in. She's like, oh, what are these pictures in an envelope? Like, Opens up their mail. (laughs) Ma'am. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't. And then she's like, oh, no, naked pictures of of the woman who lives here. Like, yeah, that's not your business. That's why you don't just open up people's shit. Um, And yeah, I like the the art with, like, with the, the Betty torture scene, but my favorite panel, actually is a little bit further down from the Betty anti-brainwashing scene. And you know, I love me a good half Peter, half Spidey. And then yes. that one, where he goes, me, well, I'm no hero. And the Spider-Man shadow, ah, oh, sick. Love mm-hmm. that. I love that. That's what I'm looking for. It's just one panel that reminds me, oh yeah, Spider-Man's rad. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got to add. I don't really have, I like the story. The ending was, was fine. It wasn't like dramatic. But also, I think that worked really well. It was just kind of like a soft, like, is Betty unbrainwashed? Not really. Did Kate get a happy ending? No. Like, it's just like, all right, I guess we'll just keep going kind of ending, which, you know, sometimes works. It's, it, and it's kind of... It's okay. dramatic in, like, the not corny way, in the not, right, like, soap right. opera way. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. actually ambiguous, and it's also kind of uh, bittersweet. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was a really good ending. Because you okay. know that, like, in the future, Betty is going to now have to be deal with this, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So her relationship with Flash is, I'm sure, going to get strained and right. all that. All that fun sh- character growth we love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Drama. 
Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, we can, I mean, I think we all recommend it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I recommend it for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Jank? Yep. There you go. All right. We're going to jump to the next comic book. And that is Amazing Spider-Man, which, as we've mentioned, has gone biweekly for the summer of 1998. So we're doing two issues of Amazing. And Becca, you're going to do this one, right? Uh, Oh, no. Are you doing... Uh, I was going to do one of the Amazings. We didn't pick. Jank, did you want to do this one? or? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. Who wanted to do Humbug? Whatever you want to do. Big... Okay, I'll I'll just do this one. You could do Humbug. Sorry, I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> this one, we start off with a sick cover with the Prowler on it, because when we last we're, were here, um, Spidey's in California on a book tour, and he just caught the Black Fox stealing some stuff, and then who else is there but Prowler? So, like, stuff's going on. Um... So there's this this chalice that the Black Fox want, and Prowler also wants it. So Spidey's stuck giving autographs because he accidentally ran into an entire ballroom full of just regular people when he was trying to run after people. And while he's doing that, it looks like the Black Fox and the Prowler are arguing over who gets the chalice. So he he breaks in through a window. Um, (laughs) Even though he didn't have to do that before, but he breaks in through a window... And um, the Black Fox gets away, and so he has a little um, conversation with the Prowler, who has not been a bad guy for the last little bit. He's, he's like, been kind of rehabilitated. So, and he's got a wife and, and all that jazz. So he tells Spidey, he's like, hey, meet me at this hotel, and then I'll tell you what you, what, what you need to know about this, this company named Transcorp and all that jazz. So Peter changes back into his regular clothes and tells MJ that um, he's going to have to go to this hotel room tomorrow. So he goes and Prowler's not there. Shocking. <laughs> we flash back to Black Fox, who's in a mansion that he has broken into for the weekend. And he just talks about how he can't wait to sell his chalice for however much money so that he can finally retire on the French Riviera. Back to Mary Jane and Peter, and Peter is so upset because Prowler, like, lied to him. And Mary Jane's like, well, I'm in a bikini, so maybe stop being so grumpy. And then they <laughs> frolic on the beach a little bit. Later that day, Peter's doing more book signings for his book, and his publicist surprises him. He's like, hey, I have a surprise for you. It's Carson. And he's like, we're going to somewhere? And she's like, nope, the TV show. The 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 night tonight whatever yeah her show him the Tonight (laughs) Show and he's like you got me a spot on the Tonight Show and she's like yeah whatever so then we have Peter Parker on the Tonight Show talking about his Spider Man book and of course one of the guys recognizes Mary Jane and was like we should have had you on the show and I'm like dude Peter's right there (laughs) um and then Peter sees a news report on the on TV talking about Transcorp, which is the corporation that Prowler mentioned. So he's like, oh, maybe this is my one chance to catch up with Prowler. And he does catch up with Prowler. And it turns out that um, Prowler's wife worked for this company. And they managed to fudge the book so it makes it look like she embezzled a bunch of money or did a bunch of illegal things instead of like the company doing all those illegal things. So he's trying to get records of their wrongdoing to, to clear his wife's name. And it turns out those records are on, like, a flash drive on a 
diamond on the chalice. <laughs> because then that way they could smuggle it out of the country easy. Sure. So <laughs> Petey's like, you know what? I'll help you, Prowler. Because um, like you're a good guy. You're rehabilitated. You're not a bad guy anymore. You got a wife. You know, turn stuff around. So they go to this Transcorp place and they get the information they need of finding out where the chalice is. So then they go there and the Black Fox is trying to get away with the chalice. And there's a little bit of a fight on the docks. Um, Spidey conf uh, confronts the Black Fox and is like, hey, gimme. And he's like, all right, dude, you got me. Here you go. Um, and then that's that. And then he gives um, Prowler the information and then his wife's name is cleared, and then we see Black Fox on a plane going somewhere. That's it. <laughs> Not a lot in this yeah, one. Julie. What's that? <laughs> Not a lot in this one, eh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe they were stretching things out because it was bi-weekly, and they were just, you know, splitting one mm -hmm. story's worth into two. Maybe that's it. Um, my first impression of this is, wow, now I know we're... The design for Spawn came from. Yeah. It's so sick, eh? Yeah. Like Farley can draw a damn part. cape. Yeah. I mean, the cape, the eyes, and the fact that he's black comes from here. I think that, I think that if uh, Todd McFarlane basically read uh, Son of Satan and Ghost Rider and combined it with, with Prowler, and that's how he created Spawn. But that's just me. That's just my hot take. Yeah. Um, uh, Julie, what did you think of this issue? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, it just feels like an like a filler slash not a filler. I don't know. Did we? What was happening in the last amazing before this? Does anyone um, remember? Well, he, similar. He was he was um, signing for webs. Mm -hmm. Um, he was out of town, and oh, he was right. after the fo uh, what's his name? The black silver, not silver fox, black fox. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just an ongoing storyline. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's it wraps up kind of strangely, I guess, because the silver fox was on his way to do some you know do some crime for uh, some extra retirement cash and like he really needed it, and then the prowler really needed it more when they could have just um. Well, I mean, whatever. He's he's stealing for for gain. The Prowler is stealing to clear his wife's name. Uh, I guess Spidey chose correctly uh, who to help. I don't know. <laughs> it it do you know what? It's a cool device to kind of foil the Silver Fox, not the Silver Fox. You know who I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Black? I keep forgetting Black Fox. Black, Black Fox. Fox. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I keep wanting to call him Silver Fox, but anyway. Do you think that Peter's a sucker for falling for his trick? Who, I mean, Prowler? no, for Silver Fox's trick. Yeah, or Black Fox's. Trick. <laughs> yeah, of course he is. <laughs> the, 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 the reason why I was a little disappointed with his ending was that this is how every single issue with Black Fox ends. Yeah, is that he's like, no, 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 I, I, I'm doing this because because I'm an old man. Don't you see? I'm an old man. and I'm trying to retire. He's like, ah, OK, you old skip. Get out of here. Just don't do it again. If I catch you, I'm I'm turning you over to the police. And then it's the same thing. Every every issue he appears. So, yeah, I, I was like, yeah, of course, of course, he's 
He's get he lied. <laughs> yeah, um, Jank, are you familiar with the Black Fox? Yeah, I think the first time I was on this show, we did a Black Fox issue mm-hmm. with like Chance. Get out of town! Yeah. yeah, what a coincidence! Yeah, wow, become the Black Fox well, expert I mean, over he here. Was- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've probably read every single appearance by the Black Fox. Um, yeah, I, no, I, mean, I hear Sony's going to make a, a Black Fox movie. Well, <laughs> I mean, that actually kinda... would be rad. <laughs> I think he would be probably. a good villain, but... No, he's like an old man jewel thief. Like, I'd yeah. watch that movie. Like him and Black Cat are trying to steal the same shit and get in each other's way. Oh, actually... There you go. Yeah, that would don't be tell cool. Sony. Don't give Sony any ideas because they'll do it, right? They will. Um, Jake, did you enjoy this issue? Uh, I like the art very much. Uh, the script, I don't know. There, there was a lot of problems there. Like he, Spider-Man comes upon the Prowler, and the Prowler's like, come to my hotel room tomorrow, and we'll talk about this. Why don't they just talk about it now? Just get the fuck out of there because the cops are coming, but go talk about it on the side of a building somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. why wait till tomorrow? That seems sketchy. Mm-hmm. And then Good I don't know point. how many uh, like photographers with books of their photos are on Johnny Carson <laughs> on the regular. <laughs> that seems like <laughs> they're really reaching point. for guests that night. Yeah, it would have been more realistic to have him on Letterman because at the time Letterman was like, you know, oh, this guy rode his bike across, you know, New York. We're going to have him as a guest. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Um, I, yeah, I mean, so is this the first time you've re- reviewed McFarlane with us? Ah, uh, Yes. Think so, right? Yeah. Are you a fan of Todd McFarlane? Oh hell yeah, very much so. Um, we, we me and you have talked about him before on uh the other show, uh, Flea Market Fantasy. Which, we did it. What other show? We did Incredible oh. uh, Hulk issue, remember? <laughs> <laughs> From the Todd yes, McFarlane that's era. That's right. That's yeah. right. So yeah, Big this fan. was like, yeah, this was maybe like a year or so after you know that issue that we reviewed. Um, now we've had some mixed feelings about McFarlane around this time. As we said, he was doing like, at least for this run, he was doing two issues per month for like six issues in a row. So as you can see, there's like seven different anchors on this issue. So I think some of the panels look really good. Some of them look rushed. I don't know if you felt that. Yeah, I know early on, like when Spider-Man signed in autographs for like Glenn Close, if you look at like that lady with the orange hair and the glasses, like, I don't know what's going on there. But that view is terrible. You're right. (laughs) Digital page three. Yeah, that's a brutal like haircut i don't know what's going on you're right <laughs> yeah. that was pretty but bad yeah and but... that's the thing yeah like the like, even at the, the next page you look at the crowds they're all kind of like sketchy and then the shot of spider-man swinging away at the bottom of digital page four is horrendous you mm-hmm. see that shot it looks like mm. he's sitting on like a stool just <laughs> in the air yeah yeah um i noticed more in these two issues particularly the next issue, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, the art seems a little bit more rough um, this month. Um, but thankfully, there's still some like McFarlane charm sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I don't know, maybe maybe he's not the first person to do this, but I love that he's holding the pen cap yes. in his mouth through the suit. Oh, right at the beginning, it's great. It's so, it's so oh, that fun. Is really cool. And then, yes. like he, like he's got it throughout this scene. It's just, I don't know. It's like such an interesting, fun little like thing. Like, yeah, of course, he doesn't have any pockets in the spider suit, so he's got to like <laughs> stick it 
and like push it through the mask and he's like holding onto the mask and the pen at the same time with his mouth like there's just like small little moments like that that mm-hmm. add so much to like a character doing something and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's right next to that panel you're talking about right like it's it's right next to the one of him, him like sitting down on the stool swinging away but i just <laughs> yeah. i don't know uh i i just i guess i've got a soft spot for him because of how like fun it is to look at his art sometime and like how creative he is with the characters well i mean don't get me wrong like we've talked about him a lot but mm-hmm. I, I worshipped mcfarland like a god when i was in like grade seven and eight to the point that i used to draw like a lot like create my own characters and do my own comic books and when I got into Todd McFarlane, I actually went over all my old art and drew more lines on it to look more like McFarlane. That's how much wow. I love McFarlane, you know? Um, yeah, I, w- I was sad. Anyway, uh, G.I. Julie, <laughs> what'd you think of this uh, issue? I already told you. Oh, did you? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> look at this. Proof that I have no short-term memory. Bex Luthor, what'd you think? I don't know. Don't you want to just skip past me again? Um <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I All right, actually... moving on to the... Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I got distracted by Mary Jane's bazongos. Um, <laughs> yeah. What cage is that? Because, yeah, there's a lot of maybe not the best art in here, but he made sure to draw those... <laughs> yes, he did. Mm-hmm. he was like, you know what's good? I'm gonna take my time on two things: the prowler, because he looks cool, and Mary Jane in a bikini, mm-hmm. which you know priorities. That's fair. Um, it's unfortunate that he didn't do that for Mary Jane in the rest of the issue, but you know what? Uh, beggars can't be choosers. There's a lot of characters that you'll notice when they're standing, they're slightly leaning. Like, everyone's kind of, like, a little bit forward. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Very mm-hmm. awkwardly, like, just almost face-planting. And I noticed that a lot more. But even, like, the panel where Spidey's jumping out the window and it's all shattered, that looks cool. So it's like... I feel like he was like, okay, I got I got to do two books on a month. I got to pick the panels that I'm going to focus on, mm-hmm. and the rest of them will just... We'll figure it out later. Yeah, yeah. So like when he you know, when he pulls the 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 mask off of um, Prowler, like that's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like the black fox stuff, he's like, ah, it's just an old man who cares. Just put a mustache <laughs> on him and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought his face Wrinkle had a lot of character though. Face. Yeah, he spent some time on those wrinkles. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. But that last panel is bad, dude. <laughs> yeah, that very last of him in the airplane, he looks. Like a silly putty man. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of Prowler's cape, like on digital page 19, that is a great shot of Spidey and Prowler on top of those two light poles. Mm-hmm. Like his cape looks so freaking cool there. Yeah. It's amazing. With like the webs um, in the distance too. Right. Like, it's great. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's definitely. And then the next page, look how gigantic uh prowler's cape is it's it's like five times as long as his body but whatever right who cares it's like cloak yeah cloak and dagger but this is just a regular man in a regular cape (laughs) you think it'd slow him down (laughs) yeah he was definitely influenced by rick leonardi a rick leonardi uh co-creator of cloak and dagger for sure 
Mm-hmm. So I think even if he drew Thor, though, yeah, like a little then, tiny cape, he would still end up making it this big. Probably. Totally right. Totally. Yeah, I think the thing is, is I mean, McFarlane's so good at close-ups and extreme angles, but yeah, when he's when he's drawing someone standing there like cooking, you know, eggs at a, at a stove, Whew. that's where you see he, he doesn't really know how to just have someone just standing there and doing nothing, right? <laughs> well, to be fair, it's comics. I don't know. You want them to be doing cool poses, not just making eggs. So if you got to be yeah. bad at one thing, I'd say that's fine. You might as well be good at super heroics, right? Yep. I mean, you did miss a couple panels ago, where, or a couple episodes ago, where Punisher was um, just wearing a towel, soaking wet out of the shower, just cooking eggs. And I feel like that <laughs> was the yeah. best panel of that issue. So sometimes you need to good. know how to draw the sexy men making eggs, just standing there. It's important, at least to me. <laughs> it was interesting to see different inkers. I know that if you have the original issue, the letters page tells you which inker did what, because there's seven different inkers. But unfortunately, I sold the original issue, so I don't know who did what. But some of these pages look more polished than others. Mm-hmm. And some of them, it, you know, that refinement is kind of welcome because it, it gives it like that more professional polish than we're used to seeing from mm-hmm. McFarlane in this era. So that's kind of cool. But anyway, I mean, this was not a masterpiece, but I still recommend it. Anyone else? Rec- not Does anyone not recommend this issue? It's not like the first thing I would tell someone about mm-hmm. i guess it's kind of the <laughs> yeah like the two amazings are probably the we i think they're the weakest of the bunch this week don't they're kind of just mm. flimsy don't you say that about humbug <laughs> <laughs> yeah excuse you <laughs> and you know what why don't we jump let's because we're in, we're in kind of a rush this episode sorry listeners but we're gonna jump to the next issue what do you guys think yeah let's sorry do this it. episode's not two hours long with the return of humbug and kevin jank jank mccoy you have the honors of summarizing the plot for this one I'm so glad they went twice a month because the people needed this story like to be out fantasy. there <laughs> what's <Thank> that God. <laughs> yeah. people were dying to get to the conclusion of this humbug story all right, so I yes. think uh, this is in a break for uh, Spider-Man and his webs tour. Uh, Peter Parker's kind of taking a break. He's back in New York. Um, Spider-Man's kind of busting up some crime, and some news reporters want to get in his face and ask him questions, and uh, he just kind of webs them right in the in the camera. And they're like, hey, that's not supposed to happen. This isn't a porn set. We're not supposed to get fluid on these lenses. And uh, oh. so the spy- <laughs> what? <laughs> it's It's web fluid. Uh. So, and Spider-Man just leaves. And he's like, all right, yeah, I guess I'm taking a break. And there's a cool shot of him swinging through the city. Uh, classic McFarlane pose. Um, so he's going back to talk to Mary Jane. While meanwhile, there's this nerdy, skinny guy walking down the street. A bunch of kids are hassling him. And uh, we come to find out that this is Humbug. Fresh off his uh, other appearance. And I, I think he only had one appearance before this, right? In Web of Spider-Man? Yeah. 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 So he went to jail, but they let him out for time served because criminal system's a joke in New York, apparently, in comics. Mm-hmm. It's like Gotham City. They just let everyone out. <laughs> yep. Rotating door, right? Yep. Uh, so then Peter goes home to see Mary Jane, and he brings her a nice rose, and she's like, oh, that's great. But then they get a knock on the door, and it's Mary Jane's boss, I think it is. This Jonathan Caesar guy. This guy just lives in the building. Oh, he just, okay. He just... <laughs> Yeah. I thought she was like modeling for him or something, but nope, he's just some creep in the building. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so he brings her a whole bouquet of flowers. 
And uh, Peter's like, oh, what the fuck? Like, this guy's blowing up my spot. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so he leaves, and Mary Jane's like, oh, you know, I'm going to go get the vase out. And Peter's like, oh, you're going to put those the bouquet of flowers in there, aren't you? He's like, no, I'm putting your flower in there. Because I know what matters. So sweet. Touching. Um, Black Hat shows up. I guess she was in Europe since that la- I think the last time I was on was when she left, right? Oh, yeah, probably. She's been yeah. gone a bit. Yeah. yeah. Yes. She's been gone for like two full years. Yes. Wow. Has it really been that long? Wow. Really? Two years? Yeah. I Like a, a spectacular 129. So it's actually 24 months. It's crazy. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, then I guess she, she can't be surprised that he's married now because it's a long fucking time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, she goes to find Peter at his apartment. Uh, turns out he is no longer there, and she just kind of bursts in on some guy taking a shower and uh, startles the hell out of him. <laughs> so she leaves, and she's like, all right, I'm going to go find Spider-Man some other way. And then we cut over to Cleveland, where I guess they're back on the book tour, and uh, Peter's signing some books. Oh, he, he sees something about a uh, this one guy wants his autograph because he's going to a comic book convention, and uh, they start talking about this comic that this guy's trying to sell, much like Michael at a comic convention, just selling his wares. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> out of his like, book oh, I used bag, to love that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Mary Jane kind of clocks this, and she's like, like, "Oh, okay." So while Peter's busy signing, uh, she goes off and she disappears. We'll find out what she's up to in a little bit. Uh, we get an interlude in my hometown-ish of Chicago. Um, there's some big businessman. They don't really say what he does, but he's a you know big fancy businessman, and uh, he's meeting with some guy, and all of a sudden that guy turns into him. They're like, oh, bet I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Humbug, he is getting his costume on. He's I guess he tried to rob a bank or something last time, uh, but now he's decided he's going to go after ESU instead the college where he used to work as a professor studying insects. So he's going to go and try to steal from them to fund his research instead. So it's basically like the, you know, they never fired me at all. They're still funding my research. So he breaks in and he doesn't really know the campus very well. So oops, he busts into a girl's locker room and they all throw shit at him and he has to run. Um, <laughs> so then we get a, sh- a shot of Mary Jane and Peter. They're back home already from Cleveland. That was very quick. Um, Aunt May is like, oh, I'm so proud of you. You're going back to school and stuff. You, did you get that application turned in for this, you know, uh, scholarship or whatever you're getting? Uh, hardship grant. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do that. And it's due today. <laughs> Crap. So <laughs> he decides he better get on that real quick. And... Uh, so meanwhile, back at ESU, uh, Humbug is breaking into, I think he's going to the art lab at this point, trying to steal some fancy art, or not the art lab, but the art, you know, classroom, the gallery. And uh, so he's going to steal some art and try to sell that. Uh, Peter is on his way to ESU as well to turn in that application, and he hears all the, the hubbub. So he goes to check in, and Humbug starts shooting at him with his, like, insect sonic beams or whatever the hell they are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he like channels the noises into a sonic blast and Spider-Man reflects it back at him and knocks him out the window. But Spider-Man's like, oh, I can't let him die from this. So I better, better save him. Um, so then they end up in the, oh, Humbug, I think, gets away while Peter's trying to, you know, save some pedestrians from cars that are exploding and shit. 
So he breaks into the entomology lab, his old stomping grounds, and he's all like, oh, I'm all my old bug friends. There you are. And uh, the, the lady who's working there now tries to kick him out, but she's having no luck. So Spider-Man shows up, and he basically decides the way to beat Humbug is to grab one of the bottles of roaches that, you know, Humbug loves so much and threaten to smash them all if, uh, if Humbug doesn't just turn himself in. And uh, he does. He does real quick. He folds <laughs> real quick. <laughs> um, Love that. So then we go back, and they're having a party at that Jonathan Caesar guy's condo. Uh, Mary Jane is there. Um, Peter shows up, and some guy's, like, hitting on her. And then the guy decides he wants to bust out his karate moves on Peter, who just kind of catches it and fucks him up real quick. Um, then the Jonathan Caesar guy is like, oh, I'm, oh, sorry about that unfortunate incident. Like, you should come hang out with me later. And she's like, no, no, I got a gig on Monday. And he just makes some kind of weird threatening things in his head, which is like, oh, yeah, but then you'll be mine. So he's not a good dude. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final page, we're back to Chicago, um, where the new the guy who's taking that businessman's office is meeting with some shady people. And it turns out he's the chameleon. Um, although why he bothered taking this guy's office and then just going to meet with people as the chameleon? I don't know. What was the point of this? He just needed some office space? <laughs> so, okay, I gotta point out something very cool about the chameleon. He has not appeared in the comics for ten years. Really? Oh. Yeah, mm. so he, he hadn't been in Spider-Man since Amazing number 185, I think it was. So, you know, nowadays they seem to kind of come back every couple of weeks, but mm -hmm. back then, yeah, huge gap. So it was a big deal when he came back, so... Yeah, I love the chameleon. He's great. Me too. Me too. I love chameleon. Now that the big threat of the of tombstone is gone, <laughs> now we get to deal with the chameleon. Ooh. It's cool because chameleon appeared in amazing number one. So he's kind of like one of those classic Spider-Man villains that he never really caught on as a big one, but I always thought he was cool. Yeah, he was a big part of the cartoon show, so he's always mm -hmm. been big to me. Right. He stole right. Burt Reynolds' face. Just to have his office? Why not? <laughs> yeah. He... So the first thing I noticed about this issue is McFarlane is inking himself. So I found the art much better in this one. Much more polished and much more detailed. And it's a little bit closer to the classic McFarlane that I love. So I like that. And I honestly, I think Humbug is a great villain. I don't care. The <laughs> fact that he can access d different powers. Like when he's like, you know... Um, He's like, uh, those deadbolts won't stand a chance against the amplified shriek of the meadow spittlebug. You know, I love it. Why not? You know, he can act. He's like Animal Man, but with insects. It's so, so cool. So cool and like attractive. And wow, can I give you my number? Wow. <laughs> just just well, most of it takes cool. for you. It's interesting that most of them are just, you know, turning bug sounds into sonic things. It's like you can call it different things every time, but it's the same power. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, David Michelinie's kind of like cheating there. You're right. You're right. It's the same thing every time. Well, no. One time he uses electricity. That's true. Okay. Mixes From it up a little bit. Sawtoothed grain beetle or the buffalo tree hopper? Bugs are really only good at, like, making loud sounds and jumping. So, like... <laughs> they could do some weird, weird stuff, though. 
They can like, some of them can like spit weird like saliva and dissolve you and other Dis- weird stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I also got to say, I love the dialogue when Spider-Man threatens to smash that jar and then Humbug's like, you, you really would have done it, wouldn't you? You sadistic, uncaring fiend. I love that. It's so funny. And he was like threatening to blast this woman's face off two panels prior to that. Right, uh. right. <laughs> It's great. It's great. It's good. It's fun stuff, right? I think. Sure. I, I thought it was a fun issue. Mm-hmm. I think Humbug is a nice break from the tombstones and the the cults of loves and things like that. <laughs> I'm not happy right. that Black Cat's back. That sucks. Yeah. I think it's just, cool. And that, she uh, could just. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Sorry, it's Joey? dramatic. Oh, not only that, but they're just gonna play her like they played her before. Which is as a love fool. We're fool for yeah, love. Just, and it's going to suck. She's just hopelessly <laughs> in love with, with Spider-Man and like, that's what you were before. And you left to get over that. <laughs> yeah. And and I just, it, it seems like some sort of sick male fantasy, the way that she speaks. She says stuff like, um, well, I hope Spider-Man appreciates that I came back for him. He'll have to take me back. When he sees that I've come back especially for him. Like, wait, who talks like that? that? Yeah, girl. Yeah. And I've decided to give him another chance. So that means he's got to, he's just got to be into it. I I can't wait for her to find out that he's married. She (laughs) will actually go off the deep end. Yeah, I'm kind of excited for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she, She already went, she already turned into a bad guy when he dumped her. Can only imagine when he dumped her before she could dump him too. Yeah, <laughs> that's why she was so mad. Um, then she tried to kill him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, Sabretooth was there. <laughs> <laughs> also, Sabretooth. Uh, yeah, this. Uh, I don't know. I didn't like this issue a whole lot. I thought the art was actually weaker in this one. Really? Specifically, the faces are just especially bad. Um, in in this issue, uh, yeah, hum- see, Humbug's I, all right. Hmm? I I love the extra detail and and like weird lines and caricatures he does. Like, um, of course I can't find any good example. But, <laughs> There's um, that whole page like, uh, where this they panel. introduce the Humbug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Humbug page is really good. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, when that when Chameleon first does that duplicate, like when the duplicate sees the duplicate, that's a great panel of the two guys staring at each other yeah but i think josh is more talking about like his economy of lines like that is a great panel but there are too many lines well yeah that's mcfarlane right yeah it, it's it, it's like it i i think the panel layout is great in that and the reveal is super interesting i think more at the beginning oh. all of the stuff with mj and peter um half of the panels of like peter um doing during like the book signing doesn't Mm -hmm. look like peter at all um (laughs) his hands are like tiny and look like little sausages oh that's great like there's so many like i don't know i i and and that definitely appears in throughout mcfarland's issues but i i just i guess i noticed it more in this one i'm not sure why um but yeah you're you know what I mean, but uh, yeah. but but uh, I don't know. I think the issue was okay. I like the action comics references. 
That's pretty cool. Like yeah. we see um, MJ. Well, oh, okay. Also, first of all, this is weird. She says, just wanted to show you I wasn't jealous of the other woman, Tiger. And then kisses him after giving him like a Superman uh, action comics book. No, it's the it's the first appearance of Supergirl, though. That's what that comic is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he said gotcha. he had a crush on the girl in the miniskirt. Gotcha. Yeah, which is super Sorry. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That they just sense. can't say super. It's Supergirl. Right. <laughs> but the cover is like a full-on homage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I, go ahead. Real quick, I love this the splash page, the the beginning first splash page. It, I love that Spidey it's webbing great. up the camera, and we're like inside of the camera POV of the lens. Super interesting, and then we cut over like cut into the action on the next page running to like going into like a regular page the first panel we see that the the web is like falling down from the camera and he's pointing like that that is such a clever fun way it really feels like you're being pushed right into the story mm-hmm. um yeah it de- definitely more interesting i think than seeing like a city shot spider-man is swinging through the city and he's like hey i'm spider-man <laughs> my life's not yeah. so great right now like this is this is a super fun way to start the comic <laughs> well also as far as the art goes i love on digital 14 when you have the close-up of uh humbug's face and then you see the shot of him running away in a really skinny panel but then the next panel is a close-up of him again putting that kind of like draping i don't know what he's doing there but he's kind of holding his cape up like i love that whole mm-hmm. it's great yeah like, the... before he shoots them that stuff with Humbug is really good. Yeah. And then even like yeah. the the next page after he bursts into the after he bursts into the ladies' locker room. All right, Todd. Mm. All right. Todd. Yeah, I know. Eh? Uh, but he like could the, have drawn that way worse. That's though. true. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's true. Uh, yeah. The those two panels of him like. Or the, I guess three panels, like he bursts through the through the door and then or the wall or whatever it is, and then he there's like a panel. He's in the corner, all the shits being thrown at him, and then the other panel is him like just booking it. That's that's a really great moment, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's actually that's the thing is McFarlane. He you know he 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 understands humor. He understands how to stage humor. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. You know. Yeah. No. His, his I think pa- he's really funny. His, his uh. Uh, paneling and storytelling is is really great. Um, mm-hmm. There's also like a small little mo- oh oh um, I don't have the page numbers, but it's uh, it's right before the uh, Spidey saves the the cop car from and like puts it in the fountain or whatever. Um, right before that, there's like a the top panel in the page. Um, Spidey swinging away from the building after Humbug or after he sees Humbug is like blasting in, inside the web like yeah. running along the bottom of the panel outside is just I don't know why that stuck out to me and I really liked it like Spidey's like swinging out of the panel and the webs are like yeah. outside going along I don't know it's just like small little things like that it's just so interesting. I know. I like it. Well, also, you know, now that you mention it, okay, so now you follow Spider-Man through the window, and then the next panel, Humbug's shooting him, and Spider-Man is, like, doing, like, a, you know, like a... A barrel roll. Not a oh, not barrel. Yeah, like a barrel yeah. roll, whatever, but it's just... 
so dynamic. It's like Kirby. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah, and as he's rolling, you can see the plate that he's about to grab for the next pen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really good storytelling. Right, mm-hmm. right. Anyone else want to gush about Todd McFarlane? <laughs> Thank God he gave Black Cat her regular costume. Shout out to my man. Yeah, honestly. It's true. She had that ugly thing last time with the shoulder oh, pads, she had right? The mm-hmm. previous, the first ugly thing, and then the golden shoulder Another. pads ugly okay. thing. I mean, she right. still has her hair with the rat tail, which it's the 80s. You, that's fine. You can have that. <laughs> At least it differentiates her hair be- between her hair and Mary Jane's hair. Um, but thank God they just gave her her regular ass costume. I love the way he's drawn her domino too. It's almost like drag makeup where it's just, Mm. you can see most of like the cavities of where her eyes are and probably her eyebrows. It doesn't hide anything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. That's my favorite type of domino mask is the ones that are huge and just completely useless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just to look cool. <laughs> it is kind of Spidey-esque, except it doesn't have the lenses in it. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. Also, McFarlane does that awesome trick, not trick, but technique where she's all in black and she just has blue highlights. Like, I- I'd rather see that than try to like be all cool with your shading and your muscles and just ah, keep it black with blue highlights. I like that, you know? Um, so Kevin Jank, are you going to seek out more humbug appearances after this? <laughs> oh, you know it. I'm going to get them all like Pokemon because I'll tell you right now there are, let's see how many do we have here? Oh, I had a list in front of me, but I clicked out of it, but I'll tell you right now, humbug does not appear after this for like, he appears one more time and then he skips like six years. So Whoa. humbug was hot in the eighties and then he kind of. You know, disappeared for a while. So, <laughs> so they iced out Humbug well, for I less time than chance. they did Chameleon. That's a shame. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> humbug doesn't have a really happy ending. Also, oh, did he die? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, spoiler. Um, he gets um. What happens to him? He's a oh, he's like a host for the Brood. And he becomes, like, an actual insect guy, and then I'm pretty sure he gets squashed. Oh. I think I remember that. Uh, yeah, that it says right here he gets killed. It's like, it's like early 2000s, like... Oh, he's killed by Shang-Chi! Oh, that's sick. Shout out! Oh. <laughs> anyway, that's My man, bad. happy Asian <laughs> Heritage Month. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Squish and bugs. Wow. Kill those Z-listers. <laughs> Well, oh, I still recommend- Shang-Chi rips his head off. Oh, shoot. Yes. <laughs> See, I think he's going to be in the next uh, Shang-Chi movie. I think that's you know what? right there. If Frogman can be in She-Hulk, then Humbug can be in Shang-Chi too. Yep. There you go. <laughs> All right, you heard it here first. Okay, so I recommend this one. It's good fun. Does, does anyone not recommend it? Uh... Oh, G.I. Jolie does not recommend this one. <laughs> I feel like Down Josh is louder than me. Um, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Again, if it's not brought up naturally in conversation, I won't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say I'll any of these are like, the, you know, on the Spidey all-time list, like the Hall of Fame, but, you know, they're not terrible. I wouldn't avoid That's them. A good point. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. We've kind of been in that era of Spidey for a while now, but anyway, we're going to jump. Huh 
to Spectacular Spider-Man number 143, featuring kind of the conclusion of an ongoing storyline. So there's been many subplots in Spectacular. One of them was Tombstone. That just ended. There's also been an ongoing subplot with the Punisher and Persuader, and this is kind of the ending to that storyline. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so basically Punisher has been missing for um, a while. So Spider-Man wants to find out where he is. So he lands on the, 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 the boat that Punisher stole from a South American drug lord. The boat is, of course, called Golden Girl, as any South American <laughs> would call the boat. Um, so he beats the crap out of these guys who are on the boat because he thinks that they know where Punisher is. But it actually turns out they're just regular old, like, burglars. They're there to burgle the Punisher's boat, but they didn't realize the boat was owned by the Punisher, right? So Spider-Man's like, okay, I believe you. You're too stupid to actually know what's going on. See you later. So he lets them go. So it turns out, so then we cut over to the airport, and the persuader has persuaded the Punisher to work for the Kingpin's organization, right? And so they're going to an airport, and they're going to um, meet... I can't remember who they're going to meet, but we get the first appearance of the Lobo Brothers, who we're going to see a lot of in the next few years. So get ready for oh, more no. of these Lobo Brothers, okay? Yep. <laughs> so, so we cut over to a meeting between the Arranger and Kingpin, and Arranger's trying to show off all of the stuff he's done, and Kingpin's like, shut up. You have a pathetic fascination with detail, Ranger. And basically he says, all I care about is effing up Daredevil's life. Get the F out of here. And Ranger's like, okay, whatever you say, boss. He's like, oh, you know, you're going to regret saying that. Now, here's the thing. For our listeners out there that are confused, last week, last episode, we reviewed the Evolutionary War. Technically, this issue takes place before the Spectacular Annual. So we still have evolutionary um what's his name the high evolutionaries robots mm -hmm. chasing after the gwen stacy clone now kevin jank when you read this did you realize this was the gwen the gwen stacy clone oh yes absolutely i figured this was okay. before that <laughs> that annual you're talking about but yeah because i have read that before okay. okay there you go okay so you're uh, very astute then that's good uh so yeah so we get a little hint at that that story's already been resolved we don't have to talk about it much so peter meets up with mary jane and mary jane's getting hit on but all these by all these guys in a bar and then he comes in and he's mr cool for like two seconds but then he sees punisher on the tv he's like okay you know what i gotta get out of here and he ditches mary jane and leaves her by herself and she's kind of embarrassed and she's kind of pissed off but she's trying to convince herself she's not but Spider-Man's got to get to the bottom of this. So he goes looking for the Punisher. We cut over to the Punisher who is interrogating this, um, I think he's a drug dealer. And uh, he's basically threatening to kill him and blah, blah, blah. And then the Lobo brothers. Oh, no, no, this is not the Lobo brothers yet. This is, oh, Lobo's goons. So the Lobo brothers goons show up and Punisher flat out shoots them with a gun and kills them. Like this is the 80s. There was... All systems go in the 80s. Like, there was no <laughs> censorship. Actually, there was, but for some reason, they were fine with this kind of stuff. But anyway. Yeah, RoboCop so then, had already come out. Like, they were way past that. Right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I, I still have nightmares about that scene when he shoots the guy in that office. But anyway. So then we cut over to S Peter Parker. He's continuing his um, tour of uh, the books or the, uh, the webs uh, tour. Right? Is that what he's doing? No. Oh, yes, he is. He's still doing yeah. that. Okay. So then, um, so he, again, he sees the paper. Dallas News, Punisher and Lobos connected to oil refinery disaster. 
So then we get this little um, explanation for who the Lobo brothers are. And we find out that they're these uh, drug lords from South America and they've come to the U.S. and they've struck a deal with the gangs and the gangs are all um, kind of united. And, um, and now I don't know if there's anyone that speaks Spanish here, but it says here, all the gangs join together calling themselves Los, Her Los Hermanos de la Luna. So does anyone know what that means? Brothers of Something the, about moon. the moon. Yeah. There you go. Brothers of the moon. Thank you. Oh, uh, are they werewolves? I hope so. Uh, I don't want, Becca, I don't want to say. <laughs> oh, Kevin Jank, have you read ahead? <laughs> it means 100%. Well, it's the brothers of the moon. Of course they're werewolves. Yeah. Look at their maybe face. They are, and, Josh, and maybe they're not. Oh, okay. They're they're definitely something. Look at yeah, they're either like <laughs> vampires or something. We'll see. We'll see. What do you think this is? Twilight? Come on. Hairy man with <laughs> yes. sharp teeth called the Brothers of the Moon. <laughs> Whose names are Lobos. We'll find out. Means also, yeah. Um, Lobo means... to find out. Wolf. I know it does. Yeah, that's a funny Lobo and the very not only that, but Lobo means wolf, but later on, they call themselves wolves. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so they yeah, must be nice. vampires. Okay, okay got it. Yeah. Yes. They're definitely mummies. You okay. You know, yeah, I was going to say they're mummies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any um, of this until just now. I like It was completely went over my head. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's why they kept talking about wolves. <laughs> get it. Yeah. So anyway, we cut back over to Peter doing his uh, autographing. And uh, he changes. He's like, "Oh, I, I got to change to Spidey." So he changes into Spidey and walks right past all these little kid cosplayers, all dressed mm -hmm. up as Captain America, Thor, and Spidey. And then he tracks down this truck that's driving into the um, Lobo's like mansion kind of complex or whatever. And he comes across. Oh yeah, I love this part where he's like, "Oh, voices coming from the rear of the house. Two of them are low guttural." Hispanic accents. Another one is a rough street, tough New Yorker. Fourth one, smooth, educated, Ivy League, New England. And the fifth voice. I know that steel-edged Queens accent anywhere. Now, Kevin Jank, do you know what a Queens accent sounds like? Because we're not from the United States. We don't know. Um, You know what? Maybe I don't think I could pick, pick out a Queens accent from any other part of New York. It all sounds okay. the same to me. All um, right. Is he Captain America from think of like, Queens? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But he didn't really have much of an accent. I think they kind of dilute all their accents for the movies, but wouldn't it be cool if Punisher had like a hardcore Queen's accent? Hey, you I'm know? walking here. <laughs> Killing all the drug lords here. Exactly. There exactly. you go. Very accurate. Perfect. That would be amazing. Um, he talks like perfect, that in the movie. Perfect Punisher voice. Um, so we cut over it's to still, the Punisher. Still played by John Bernthal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As voiced by Dexter. Yeah. yeah, I'll voice it. I'll over to Becca. <laughs> Um, so Punisher is holding a gun to like he basically we come in the middle of the scene and there's two guys that have been shot. Uh, the Lobos brothers are standing there in like speedos. Actually, three guys have been shot. There's another goon and then there's the, the persuader wearing his wearing his supervillain costume, which is like <laughs> white and gold with like a what is that called? Not a bullseye, but a um, you know like a hypnotic yeah. twirly thing. A spiral? Yeah. Spiral. <laughs> and basically, yeah, Spider-Man comes in and he starts punching Punisher. And Punisher is like shooting. And then one of the bullets accidentally hits um, Hermano. No, no, no. What's the guy? Oh, Carlos. Carlos Lobo. And then Punisher and Spider-Man fall into the pool. And 
they think that Punisher is choking uh, Spider-Man and basically like knocking him out. And it's a oh really cool shot by our pal Sal uh, with the Punisher holding Spider-Man down under the water. It's a great shot. But guess what? Spider-Man was actually faking. He's not knocked out. <laughs> so now he's going to fight off Punisher. And he, you know, like comes up out of the water and like body checks Punisher. But then one of the goons shoots and hits Spider-Man in the head. He gets knocked out. Then he, when he wakes up, um, Punisher is standing over him with a gun. And remember, Punisher is being controlled by the Persuader. So the Persuader thinks that he can order Punisher to shoot Spider-Man. But Punisher resists. He's like, one more death. One more kapow. The gun goes off. Cut to the next page. Oh, turns out he's shot the goon. And then he's going to shoot Persuader. But Spider-Man tries to stop him. But then again, because this is 1988, he shoots Persuader right in the chest. And we see the bullet come out of his back. No holds barred in 1988. Persuader uh, falls into the pool, dead body, dead bodies everywhere. <laughs> Spider-Man is like trying to convince Punisher that what he just did is wrong. And he's like, you live by your moral code, Spider-Man, and I'll live by mine. Actually, Becca, do it in your voice. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not unless you pay uh, double okay. scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what if Feige's okay. listening to this? Becca, and what if like, what if Feige is listening to this right now? Exactly, Do you really want to lose that on your shot in the MCU? It's your only chance, but hey, okay. hey, Kevin Feige, why'd you change Miss Marvel's superpowers? I'm pissed about it. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Off. This is like the Oscars. You use that chance on the microphone to express your uh, your politics, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So anyway, you're gonna walk up and so, slap so him next. Punisher's walking away. <laughs> yeah there you go yeah so then punisher's like as for the kingpin his time is coming someday soon and then we cut over to the lobos brothers and you know everyone's gone and they're like uh for what he tried to do here today meaning the punisher oh no sorry the kingpin the fat pig in new york must pay a price the war of los hermanos de la luna is not over eduardo it is only beginning and then next boomerang who we all love. Which, why? Yeah. Because he's so cool. He's a cool costume. I like so yeah, that's I the end of that issue. I personally love it. Uh, I think that's the end of the Punisher kind of storyline. Um, I, I thought it was a good ending. I thought this was pretty cool. Um, you know, obviously we all love the Punisher. This is Jerry Conway's, or this is Punisher's creator, Jerry Conway. So who knows the Punisher more than Jerry Conway, right? We get the, <laughs> we finally get to find out what happened to the Golden Girl boat. So that was important. But um, I thought this Thank issue was really God. good. I also appreciated the <laughs> fact that we read and not a digitally remastered copy, but like, you know, you can see like the colors on the page and this and oh, it just looks great. I love Sal Buscema's art, but um, mm -hmm. uh, G.I. Julie, what was your take on this issue? Um, I really, I liked it. Uh, I could have sworn though that they referenced Mary Jane getting kidnapped by John Caesar. Yeah. They yes. spoiled like two so issues. Like in a month from Which now. Which means it's a spoiler, yes. Yeah. So um, we already know he's a total creep from having read it um, just now. But also we would have read that in the same month, right? If we were reading um, mm -hmm. off the newsstands. And then they... Is, is that right? Well, as far as I know, we're reading them in chronological order. So this would have come out like a week or two after amazing which means if they're already referencing the kidnapping then they're spoiling next month's books mm -hmm. how rude that i think that oh, yeah. was the only thing that um drove me nuts is that they spoiled something that could have potentially been interesting 
in the future to me because well i mean we all know that that weird creepo is gonna kidnap her i just wish you know what's cr- i would have read it sorry yeah. i gotta <laughs> i gotta cut in for one second because he, he actually says uh mary jane's kidnapping by that creep johnny caesar a few days ago well it says see amazing spider-man 308 and 309 so that's like a month or two ahead yeah that's really out of continuity I don't know what happened there. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. And it wasn't even necessary. It didn't affect anything. So you could have just left that thought bubble out and it would have been just the same story. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because now the way it, it ends up is, oh, look, Mary Jane's fine. Now she's in the bar. Now she's hanging out. So, mm. but if they would have just deleted that, it would have felt like, oh, this is just before she was kidnapped. Right. Like, you're right. They totally ruined mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um. Aside from like the high evolutionary thing. That needed to be wrapped up and was kind of like slipped in to here. Um, it, it felt it felt half natural. It didn't feel totally awkward, so it wasn't terrible. Um, yeah, this was this was this was fine. I liked it. Um, like you said, it's no holds barred. It's like diehard Bruce Willis action star level explosions. Like half the page is an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> that's like modern shit <laughs> i love it yeah yeah i love it too oh yeah and where else can you get brothers of the like where else can you get mummy maybe werewolves and like a book <laughs> signing and a runaway milk truck uh and a body like a, a body filled swimming pool only in spectacular yes. like right so this says everything something- for everybody there's something magical about this art. It just, oh, it just, I just love it. It just transports me to another place in time. Uh, Kevin Jank, are you a fan of our pal, Sal Buscema? Uh Yes, I very much am. Um, I remember him, his long run on Spectacular Spider-Man very fondly. Um, I haven't read all of it, but everything I've seen, I really liked. Especially by the time he gets to like, you know, issue 200 and stuff. It was dynamite stuff. Right. I like that it's just a little bit square, um, and it, I just, I really like it. It's very, I don't know, it's very distinctly him. Yeah, we should remind everyone, he actually drew a, a Spectacular Spider-Man number one and drew the title for about a year or two. Then he came back around 130-something and stayed on until 200-something. So he definitely drew more issues than anyone else. So, yeah. He made it to the and clone side. Right? around the time that he changed yeah yes he did he drew all the way through that too yeah i just love the like not only do i love his layouts and his master storytelling i just love the inks in this issue because again you can see this is inked this is not a computer this is a human with a pen or a brush or whatever the hell he's using but it looks awesome i love it um what did you think of the script by mary jerry conway God, I Me? thought you meant Mary. Like his, the author's <laughs> no, name is Mary. His wife. <laughs> I found out that was his Marvel bullpen nickname today. I didn't know it until today, so I have to use it. Mary Jerry. Anybody? Kevin Jake, what'd you think of Mary Jerry's script? Uh, it was fine. It wasn't too bad. Um, as a as a person who did a podcast about the the uh, the TV show The Shield, um, the Lobos brothers, their backstory sounded a lot like the Cantero brothers from that show. So I'm wondering if maybe uh, you know. Sean Ryan might have ripped them off a little bit here. (laughs) 
Very I, similar. I so. Oh, they were not they, werewolves, so. Yes. Yes, you got to take that out. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not hey, saying they're hey. werewolves. We don't know. We <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, possible <laughs> potential werewolves. <laughs> I don't like want to pull them out of the werewolf, werewolf. closet. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to both Eduardo Lobo's or uh, Carlos Lobo's like Marvel fandom page, there's one trivia point for each, and it just says, Lobo is Spanish for wolf. <laughs> Thank you. That's all so, you're saying. All right. Everybody is a potential. All right. <laughs> this, I got, this is like the the J.K. Rowling school of naming werewolves. You're just gonna call him <laughs> Lupin and be like, oh, he's a werewolf. It's uh, true. Oh lord. Okay, I got something to say here about this ending. Uh oh. I really like this issue. And then, wow, what a crappy way to end this arc with the persuader holy shit i hated it <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid that the punisher's like oh yeah i just didn't want to do it hey isn't your whole shit that you persuade people to do literally whatever you want them to do what there's no reason why punisher in particular was not persuaded to kill spider-man it's so stupid and so lazy and so anticlimactic. I hate it because this issue was so good. And the buildup of like Punisher ruthlessly killing all of these people, which he does already, but he's doing it like, you know, he doesn't have any free will. He's doing this, you know, against his will. And I I was like, how how are they going to do this? What What's going to happen? No, he just decides not to listen to persuader anymore that's the that's the conclusion of this guy <laughs> that we've been building up now also for months this guy has shown up in comics where before he was even the persuader and didn't have anything to do with anybody he was like showing up in limos and taxis and we're like who who is this guy he's a guy that tells you to do something and mm, you'll do it if you kind of want to i guess that's mm. a superpower. <laughs> he, he also only made eight appearances, and this is his last appearance. So clearly, I think Mary Jerry was like, ooh, I don't know what to do with this guy. I think I'll just kill him off. And they kind of just forgot about him. But yeah, you're right. A very weak ending to the storyline. Yeah. yeah, it's a bummer. We don't even what? see like Punisher really struggle with it either. It's not like we see him right. like, you know, reeling in pain trying to fight back. He's just like, hmm. No, I don't want to. Right. <laughs> well, even like the the explanation that he he gives, he's like, "You put a fog." Oh, he goes, "You never broke my will, persuader. You only bent it. You put me in a fog." But hunting down the lobos is something I would have done without you. So yeah, it's kind of a a flimsy, flimsy resolution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I kind of buy it though. Even though the Punisher, yeah. you know, doesn't have powers or anything, I I buy him as a very strong-willed individual who could, you know, through all the shit he's been through, just doesn't give a fuck and <laughs> could probably fight back against this kind of thing. Yeah, I'll agree with you that if anyone was going to resist the Persuader's persuasion, it would have been <coughs> Frank Castle. Right? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, most of these villains that are kind of lame. We, we always find out that they actually come back later. 
The persuader does nope. not come back. He is dead. <laughs> this is his last appearance. Can you believe that? Rip. Well, they were like, he we already have the purple man, so what do we need hypnotic... this guy for? Yeah. Huh. And, like, he's not even that good at the thing that he does. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> if you're ready for him, it doesn't work, right? Like, I think he tries to persuade a ranger, but a ranger's like, nah, man, I know that you could do that, so it doesn't work on me. Yeah. It's just like, Shitty. Yeah, that's true. He did fail. Just like, failed before just sucks too. At it. Why wouldn't he show up and be like Kingpin? I'm the Kingpin now. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. <laughs> it's just so, I'm the Kingpin now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's such a strong idea for a power. Like it seems like. This could really mess with Spider-Man and like fuck up his life. And no, he just he only kind of has. He has doesn't even like do manipulate you know Spider-Man. I mean? Yeah. You know what it made me think of? Uh, what's his name in uh, Jessica Jones? Purple Man was it Killraven? Killgrave. Yeah. Killgrave. Made me think of Killgrave. Like, look what they did with Killgrave. They could have done that with Persuader. Mm-hmm. But instead, they're like, "Oh no, you didn't." Bend my will. What does he say? Whatever his line is. Yeah, you only. You just. You didn't break it. You just bent it. Just bent it. It's just like why? Why make? Why build up a villain for eight issues and then make him so ineffective? Yeah. Right. It. <laughs> it like Becca was saying too. Why didn't he? Why didn't he shout at Spider Man to stop? Freeze, Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man doesn't know who the hell this guy is. Good point. And you're saying and persuade Spider Man. Yeah, right. that's a good point. And yeah. like, you you're know right. what? I would. I think I would buy Punisher not shooting Spider Man if he was like hands up in the air. He was frozen and was completely helpless, and then Punisher like fought off that urge. But Spider Man's mm. like punching him. He's like drowning him in the pool, and then all of a sudden he's like, mm, I don't think I really want to anymore. Yeah, like it's. Nothing has changed in between Punisher being told to attack him and then him attacking him and then again being told to kill him. And he's just like, no, I'm not going to. So, yeah, it's definitely a bummer ending for for old Persuader over here. <laughs> Poor Roland. Mm, it's kind of once you get the Punisher involved, though, it's kind of the only ending there can be unless you're Jigsaw and you just keep getting away somehow. But most of the time, right. the Punisher stories have to end with somebody getting killed. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I, Kevin Jink, do you think comics in the 80s were more violent or less violent? At least superhero comics. Uh, than they are now, I would definitely say more. Seems so, eh? Yeah. yeah nowadays, everything's mm -hmm. pretty tame. Yeah, like you said, we're living in the shadow. They were living in the shadow of RoboCop. <laughs> yep. Which, as our friend Ian says, is the most perfect film ever made. <laughs> but anyway. Except for the fact that in the first RoboCop, you could see all the cameras in the reflection of RoboCop. But ah. <laughs> they fixed that in the second one. Yeah. RoboCop is a celebrity. They um, wanted film of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could so see anyway. the crew in that movie, the whole movie. <laughs> That's fine. Technical errors don't count. Um, so, yeah, we want to thank Jank McCoy for joining us. Thank you, Kevin Jank. Sure, anytime. It was a lot we of fun. We haven't scared you off. Yeah, we definitely want to have you on again in the near future. Maybe the next time Humbug comes back, we'll have you on. How <laughs> yeah, about that? or Black Fox. 
aka Silver Fox, aka whatever else we yeah. names we had for him. Firefox, I All think right. we called him at one point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Firefox. Star Fox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, we he think... did do a barrel roll. No, wait, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. We want to thank Bex Luther for joining us. You're not welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry I was there. <laughs> and thank you, Gia Jolie, for joining us. Okay. <laughs> and we want to make sure everyone joins us next week because we have another Kevin. Kevin Morris is joining us again. Oh, boy. And next week, we are going to be blasted by the boomerang. <laughs> so be sure to, be sure to join like us. That. Say those words together. You already get blasted. <laughs> We're also going Sometimes to alliteration a, is not your friend. <laughs> the beginning of a two-parter with the Incredible Hulk. Written by Peter David. Uh, We're going to have the return of the chameleon um, on the cover. And we're also going to find out who kidnapped Mary Jane, even though it's already been spoiled. Yeah, we already already know that. We know she's fine also. We know how many issues it's going to take. And And Josh? She's so funny. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Josh, you can take it from here. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this episode. Um, thank you guys. Uh, th- thanks to the listeners. Um, it really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, or you can drop us a line on uh, Twitter or Facebook or you know anywhere you can contact us where, we're, where our podcasts are uh, over on YouTube at Comic Syndicate. Um, please let us know what you guys think about the comics we're talking about and the podcast itself. Let's uh, let's keep that comics conversation going. That's right. So until next Monday, see you later. <laughs>